We started this podcast to give people a behind-the-shades look at Gooder. We wanted to share our culture with the world and hopefully inspire others. We talk a lot about all the things we do on this podcast, but you only ever hear about 1% of the things we really do. So how do you hear about all the dirty little secrets? If there's something you really want to know, just ask us. We're always taking questions at gooder.com culture, and we'll answer them ever so often on this podcast. And today is one of those days. Enjoy. This is Culture Gooder with Stephen Leese and Sean Tinney. Now let's take a peek behind the shades. Ah, puns. So today we're taking our listener questions, and these were from the site, gooder.com slash culture, as well as Instagram. Question one, how did you come up with all the ideas of using funny names for your glasses? I get this question all the time. I've got it numerous times recently, but I'll tell it again because it's pretty fun. Flamingos on a Booze Cruise was the first pair ever designed. Once we had the idea for Gooder, it's the pair I had in my mind. Pink frame, teal lenses, and get the sample, try it on, and look at my partner, Ben, and it was like, whew, these are awesome. You know what these look like, Ben? These look like I'm on a booze cruise with a flamingo. And he just humors me like, sure, Steven, because Ben has to humor me. And I go, in fact, we're going to call this caller Flamingos on a Booze Cruise, and we're going to name all of our colorways crazy names. Legit, that idea happened in 30 seconds, and we never looked back. What's funny about it, well, one, there's something in there about trusting your ideas, but we're a fun brand. We started Gooder because we didn't feel like there was any brands in the rent space that really personified fun. And so we wanted to do that. And how do you do that? And that was one of the ways like, hey, this is fun. We can do this. And when you're a brand with no budget, names are free. So that's kind of like how that came to be. So your very first pair was pink. That was like, show me a sample of some pink sunglasses. We sampled out the original six. Mm-hmm. Flamingos on a Booze Cruise, Whiskey Shots with Satan, Donkey Goggles, Black Pair Whiskey Shots with Satan, Donkey Goggles, which are blue and orange, huge Broncos fan, that's why that, Swedish Meatball Hangover, which is yellow and blue, Ice by Yeti, and Sunbathing with Wizards. Those were the original six we requested and got back and they worked. And at that point, every single pair, we were just kind of looking for a rainbow, right? Just wanted different options and... Yeah, every single pair. I still have the original six we got from samples. Every single pair? Yeah, I think the funny thing is, let's see, that was fall of 15. So fall of 16, we did a Kickstarter because we wanted to create a bunch more colors. It was basically glorified presale when we were doing it. I remember this meeting and Ben goes, I mean, we're not going to name all these colors too. And I'm like, oh, that's exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> How would you turn left from there and be like, and black? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. How does the birth of Carl fit into this? How do we land with a Flamingo logo and CEO? If anybody ever sees the brand from the original, it was really primary colors. It was black logo and we had these bow stripes and it was blue, red, yellow. And it was really had this really cool 75. Good friend Johnny created it for us. It was like legit and it fit on the box perfectly. But as the brand starts to roll out, realize like, oh, this isn't right for our vibe. Like we are a tropical vibe. So that's kind of going on, recognizing like, oh, we need to do a rebrand. But when you have at the beginning, Ben Carey and I, none of us are designers. So we're asking Johnny and my friend Mike, who's now a stable member of the team to like basically do work for free. We knew we wanted to rebend for a while. And so that kind of was going on. And then also for all of our sunglasses, we do an in-depth origin story. So if you go on the website for Flamingos on a Booze Cruise, there's a really in-depth origin story of like where the name came up. And it's just made up absurdity, right? 
And in there, Ben wrote this one. There was a story about we ended up on a booze cruise with a bunch of flamingos and Carl was the king of the flamingos. That was just a footnote in that story. Then flash forward to our original office was Carrie Mai's apartment in downtown LA. We're shipping out of there and setting up ship station. And you can type in, there's an area for the return address and there's a name. And so I just typed in, Carl the Flamingo, because I thought it would be <laughs> funny. And people love that they'd be asking, they're like, who is this Carl the Flamingo? And so kind of made up the story of like, well, Carl's our CEO. And then in the rebrand, one of my requests for the original six was to kind of create an icon of Flamingo for Flamingos on a Booze Cruise, a Yeti for Ice by Yetis. And kind of in that, went with this pink and green color palette and Carl being referred to all the time and then also it being my favorite glasses and the fact that still to this day Flamingos on a Boost Cruise is like a top five seller. All these things happened at once at a time just before Flamingos worked its way back into like pop culture. This amalgamation of things just kind of like happened at once. I love that Ben is like whatever about the names, but then he writes this whole origin story and ends up insecting <laughs> <Yeah>, right. Carl. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> ah, classic. Those are absurd, but this isn't. Right. <laughs> I think they're both pretty absurd. <laughs> so next question. Your content is a work of art. I agree. What inspires your team? We have an amazing team. We legit have basically 10 people in-house. And so one, we invest there. Two, everybody's empowered to produce cool shit. We have our brand outline of, hey, this is what the brand needs to be. It needs to connect with people. It needs to be fun. It needs to be irreverent. And then everything else, kind of set those loose guidelines and let people color in them any which way they want. We release so many products and we produce so much content. We do it over and over and over again. And so done is better than perfect. And that's really coached. And so you can try different fun things because tomorrow you just get to do it again. So along those lines, how long does it take to come up with and produce a new line of glasses? 58 weeks. <laughs> Basically, this is no joke. For something to be greenlit 58 weeks in advance to see the light of day, we have an abridged version. We have a 42-week launch that we can fast track things sometimes stuff comes up, especially with partners. I think people are usually surprised when they hear about this. Imagine this. We're going to drop 120 pairs next year. Every single one has a 58-week launch timeline, project plan, deck that accompanies everything. We really take a lot of pride in that. It's one of the things I'm most proud of is like how far in the future we're looking. Yeah, every Tuesdays with Carl, I'm sitting there going, oh, the 2022 launch plan. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I was just in a meeting the other yesterday talking about 2022. Like it all feels so imminent, but it's not even close. Yeah. I also love that the 48 weeks is the compressed timeline. Like it just yeah, tight, yeah. Tight 42, 42. Oh yeah, 42. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, when you do it this way, this is why everything looks so good all the time because we give it the appropriate amount of time and pay it the, the appropriate amount of attention. And we weren't always this way. At the beginning, we were doing things really ad hoc. And you realize that's fine when you're small. The bigger you get, the more you're ordering. Everything has a bigger implication. One way for quality creep to come in where like you water down the brand and stuff isn't that good is to rush things. And so we don't. I remember you mentioning checklist manifesto at some point, just kind of offhanded like, oh yeah, that's how you get a 42 week or 58 week checklist. <laughs> If anybody listened to the episode with Hansi on GTD, we kind of talk about it in there. To launch a product, there's thousands of next actions that go into it. Don't want to miss a single one. So next question, does everyone drink Bloody Marys and mimosas for breakfast? What I love about this question is for the longest time, 
I would say, you know, I think everybody in the outside world thinks we sit around and slam margaritas all day. But the reality is like we are hustlers and we grind. And that's the truth. The 58 week launch calendar is a perfect example of that. We have fun. The office is like wild and crazy. And outside of COVID, we do Gooderstock, which is every quarter we have a giant party and like we'll go hard. But on the regular, we're more concerned with people taking pride in their work and being good at their work and loving what they do versus showing up partying all day. We make it look easy. What's fun to us is the brand and the work not being fucking degenerates and slamming margaritas on a Wednesday. Speaking of enjoying your work, is it hard to join the team? You could probably talk about this maybe more eloquently than I can, but yeah, I mean, yes, it is. It is. I I think we have a seven-phase hiring, and we created that because we want really good people that fit in with our culture. But yeah, I I think it's hard to you. I do. And that's important that it is because it should also be hard to lose your job, right? So it's hard to get it, hard to lose it. But once you're on this team, like you are a key member of the team and every single thing you're doing is critical to one aspect of the business or another. Yeah, for sure. And so people understand it's we are hiring inside of COVID. And first of all, you read a job posting. It's very authentically us. You read a job posting, you have to submit a resume and some other stuff. And all right, that's step one. If anybody doesn't do anything we ask for, like we don't even look at their resume on the floor. Then it's a review process. Then Nicole and Maya on our team have a, just a screening call that legit is like, hey, this is just a touch base. And like, really, this is no joke. We have a seven phase. And by the end, the final phase, we're trying to get to two or three people. That's it. And don't skip any steps. I think the first one is like, draw a picture of a pirate fighting an octopus. Hundreds of people don't even bother doing that. So they don't even get that. Yeah, don't skip that. Which is awesome. So I mean, for those you don't know, like legit, Part of applying for your first resume submission is you have to submit your resume and an original octopus fighting a pirate. So it can be a drawing, painting, however you want to do. And I would say, I don't know, the you might know, my guess is 80% of people don't do it. <laughs> At least, probably even higher. Which is awesome for us because those we just delete, don't even look. Because right. if the first thing we're asking you to do as a company, you don't do, well, bye. <laughs> Right. That's not a good start. (laughs) Yeah. What is the number one personality trait you look for in a candidate to work at Gooder? Growth mindset. That's number one, right? The ability to lean in and understand like, hey, you can get better at anything and you can improve and you're not just stuck in your ways. It is really something we spent, you worked with me on this, Sean. We identify like, hey, at the end of the day, if somebody has a growth mindset, usually they could work here. And I just want to say for those who would take that question and go, yeah, I'm gonna, here's how I'm going to appear like I have a growth mindset. You cannot fake this. If you somehow appear that way and then get all the way hired, but don't have a growth mindset, you are screwed. Yeah, you get found out. Like it is going to be such a difficult experience and probably a short one. Yeah, for sure. You know, we uh, take a long time to hire. We're really on it with people with feedback and understanding that. And to Sean's point, like, you, you'll just get found out. It, it will happen. Yeah, there's no faking it. The other question here is, how do I get hired? I would say go to gooder.com slash work, but you have any other advice? <laughs> I say, yeah, apply and be yourself and hold space that just, it might not be the right place for you. That's just also a reality. I think that there's been a lot of amazing people who've worked at Gooder and aren't here anymore and they're still amazing people. It just wasn't a fit and that's also okay. I think what something you've just said is actually the key to the whole thing. Be authentically yourself, right? As long as you're not an asshole. If you're an asshole, you're not going to be on the team. But if you are authentically you versus trying to be the version of you that you think we want to see, we want the first one. Just be yourself. A fun story is we hired Doug for the 
bike brand manager. Uh, Doug's our bike brand manager. One of the other finalists in the interview process, and this was before we had it as diligent as we do, mm-hmm. but you know, we still had a process. One of the other candidates showed up in a button-up shirt with a collar and a tie, but the sleeves ripped off of it. And a good or like, that's a perfectly acceptable thing. It was one of those things when he walked in the room and I had thought to myself like, strong, this guy's coming in strong. <laughs> I like this. Doug was just way more qualified and pretty higher, but it was definitely one of those things like that kit that he showed up in was definitely authentically him and it helped him. It gave him points. It didn't take them away. The button up gun show is something that you rarely see. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, it was with a tie. And oh it was, you know, it was frayed edges, no sleeves. It was legit. I feel like Doug probably rolled in with something cool too. Pretty unique, creative guy. I mean, I clearly don't remember, so couldn't have been that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, another question about working here. Is it as fun as it seems to work a Gooder? Yes. Like your opinion, Jean, it is really fun, but it's not easy. If you love growing, if you love being challenged, if you love working your ass off, this is the best job you'll probably ever have. If you don't like those things, you're just not going to enjoy it. That's kind of how I answer it. It's like, it's fun if you like these things, but it's not easy. Yeah, we're challenging ourselves to grow every day. And that's not something that weirdly most companies do. It is fun being prepared, showing up, doing hard work, lifting up your teammates, being lifted up by them. All those things are are ultimately fun, but it's the kind of fun that you get on the other side of hard work. For sure. I mean, I, I fucking love it. I haven't felt like I've gone to work in years. I think you're the same way. I would say most people feel that way, but not everybody. And usually that works itself out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what's the work-life balance like? I hate the term work-life balance. I think it's a fallacy. I don't think it's true. Talk a lot about a good or about like work-life integration. What I mean by that is life happens at interesting times. Even before COVID, we had a super liberal work from home policy. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you don't have to be in the office, unlimited vacation. And this whole idea of like, hey, if you need to leave early to pick a kid up from school, great. If you need a doctor's appointment, great. Like this is your time. Life happens. You need to log on and do a little work late at night. Great. This is work-life integration. I'll leave early on Fridays to play golf. And so that means sometimes I got to finish my work up on Saturday. That's all good. Work-life separation, I don't believe exists. How about you? What I was going to say is the whole effort of chill is the new busy, right? Working 40 hours, you can choose which hours those are and how you direct your energy. But for instance, it doesn't have to be a doctor's appointment. It could be a Peloton ride with a couple of your teammates, you know? like yeah, yeah. I think we see it a lot differently than most companies where they're like, we're flexible, stuff comes up, whatever. It's more like, no, we have outlined exactly what success looks like in your role. So as long as you succeed in your role, you're good. We're not going to question anything. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, funny that you say like the Peloton ride, but right before we started recording, I was laughing about, we were prepping for this episode yesterday and I did something that Sean was supposed to do. And the reason I did it was because I needed to get ready because I wanted to go hit some golf balls. And I was like, I was like all right, I'm going to bang this out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not just the CEO who can do that. Anybody can do that. So how do we keep morale high? We work really hard at it. We have TWC, which is Tuesdays with Carl. It's our weekly staff meeting. So the entire company's at it. And it's fun. We started off with Dance Gooder and everybody dances. And it's not just me standing up there and like pontificating. It's a rotating host. So you will host it at Gooder. It's basically rotates every week. And then when everybody does it, starts again. That's a really fun thing, giving people a voice. We do this thing called Carl's Gold Stars, which is at the end of the staff meeting, we have trading pins. Like think of Disney pins. So we have a Carl, a Yeti, a Bosley. Long live the king. Long live the king. Everybody gets four a quarter to give away. 
And basically in front of the entire company, it's like, hey, I want to give one of my gold stars to Sean. Sean has killed it at this podcast. He shows up every day and prepares so it's easy and fun, blah, blah, blah. And then Sean gets to pick a number. It's like randomized and then you get a pin. And you can only get a pin if you do this. We do a quarterly summit called Gooderstock where we shut down for two days every quarter and celebrate and have fun and connect. The last thing I'll throw on here, then love to hear from you, Sean, is AMP. We do a quarterly review and I sit in every review and flock leaders, people are giving people critical feedback the whole quarter. And so I get to sit in that review and legit just pump people up. My role there is to understand what everybody's doing, but also just to give them really positive feedback because at the core, everybody at this company is really working their ass off. Well, I think if I were to double down on that, it would be when you feel like you're growing, everything feels possible and workable. And the way that we show up for each other and with each other and push ourselves to grow, it just creates the feeling that we're all in motion. We're all in forward motion together. There's something you can't define about it, but it definitely feels like that is how we lift our spirits is by making sure nobody gets stagnant. And that could mean talking through some tough life issues that don't feel like they have anything to do with work, but it it unlocks your attention and energy so that you can focus on work. Or it could just mean paying attention to the way somebody showed up in a meeting and going, oh man, you were just so on it. That was awesome. Like calling each other out for things that are either slippery or supportive behaviors that we can just kind of be there for each other and help each other grow. For sure. I agree. And the thing too is we're just a sunglass company. We take our culture seriously and feedback and these things and 58 week launch calendar. But At the core, we're legit just a sunglass company. We remind ourselves of that all the time because we don't need to take this that seriously. (laughs) I've heard you in meetings like, start with a serious tone, catch yourself and go, guys, we're making sunglasses here. Let's (laughs) take this down a notch. (laughs) It's fine. Yeah, it's going to be all right. Yeah. What is the dress code and does it include sandals? I mean, I wear fucking slippers. Like when I say slippers, I mean like flip flops (laughs) pretty much every day I can. So the dress code is whatever you want it. Oh, this ties in perfectly. The other thing about morale is one of our core values is authenticity and we encourage everybody to be themselves. That's a powerful thing. Think about this idea where a lot of companies are like, you have your work self and you have your real self. And I've heard this from numerous people, especially people who've hired recently of this is the first company they've ever worked for where we actually want your real self here. I think that really helps morale. It's got to. (laughs) And on that note, that also is dress code, right? Like we don't give a shit. Like, you know, you can show up with a button up and a tie and your sleeves ripped off to an interview. So (laughs) we don't fucking have a dress code. (laughs) Except for Gooderstock, when we dress up, then we have a dress code. It's like, all right, you got to dress like it's a circus. You have to have a circus costume. The only dress codes are dress up parties, really. I'm just thinking through the gun show suit guy. You do that on your interview. Like you got to keep that going or... Never do it again. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember the person's name. We'll, we'll, you know, call him like Greg. But Greg, I need you to come in here. You know, you've been here for three months and I've yet to see you wear ripped off button up again. So uh, what's up? We hired you with this in mind. Right. I feel like you're you're not living up to the expectation you set earlier. Real bait and switch there. Classic. How has it been to run a company in the age of COVID? It's a trip. Obviously, our first season, you can just go back and listen to because it's a five episode season that gives you a lot of detail on like how we responded to it. I would say it's been gutters and strikes, some things that were brutal and awful. And there's some wins and opportunities in there. But we talk about growing. This has allowed us to grow in a lot of ways. And next week, we're going to do a follow up episode from season one that's like, hey, rise the next week, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. 
we'll do it next week of like, hey, where are we now? Because in that episode, we talked a lot about August 1st being like, hey, this is the date we're tracking towards. In full transparency, we thought COVID was going to be over by now. And so things have shifted. And so we're going to kind of just do a full episode on where are we at now inside of COVID. We may be optimistic here. <laughs> yeah. It's totally possible. <laughs> so the next question was kind of about that August 1st point. We got to here, but we're still obviously in the thick of the COVID era. Do you want to just give a preview of next week a little bit? We're in uncharted territories and we are every day that kind of goes on in this world. The one thing that we've stopped giving false hope, and what I mean by that is it's brutal being constantly disappointed of things are going to be different in May. Oh, in June, things are going to be open in July and August. And so, I don't know, maybe six weeks ago, we just completely reset our expectations of, hey, we are looking way in the future. We've grounded all travel and all events six months from the day something major happens. One of the big shifts we had was stop pretending like we think we know when it's going to be over because we don't. More to come next week there. Yeah. Let's go lightning round. We got some shorter answer questions. You, re you ready? Yep. All right. How did the company begin? Listen to episode one of season two and you will find out. <laughs> I was like, that's not a short answer. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay, cool. <laughs> what does success for Gooder look like five years out? My dream is that our culture takes on a persona of its own. And like Zappos does, we actually have conferences where people come to Gooder and to learn about our culture. Oh, yeah. Sign me up for that. How many sunglasses do you sell each year? We drop, I don't know, 120 kind of SKUs-ish and a lot, seven digits. We sell a lot of sunglasses a year. Yeah. yeah. True. Can validate. Can I get prescription Gooders? You can. Most local optometrists can do it. Pretty much everybody at Gooder who has a prescription has them. And I also, I know lens crafters can do it. Legit bring in any frame and they can do it for you. Will there be Gooder stores in the East Coast someday? I hope so. It's not in the five-year plan, but you never know. Right. Just wait and see. And in COVID, we had a boutique in LA. We recently closed it. We're going to reopen it next year, the Gooder Cabana. It didn't make sense right now to invest energy and resources in that. But who knows what the future holds? No, Kevin's got big plans for that. Yeah. Do you have beer on tap in the office? <laughs> no, I mean, we have beer and wine in the fridge. We have coffee, cold brew and nitro on tap. And we have a sparkling water machine. You can just pretty much get any flavor of sparkling water you want. And snacks are free. That was after, right? We had almost enough uh, LaCroix cans to make payroll. <laughs> yeah, we had too many LaCroix cans. We had to go do the sparkling water machine. And in normal times, you know, we bring in lunch every Tuesday and... Snacks are unlimited free, so there's tons of things around for people to eat always. Do you use slides instead of stairs? Not yet, but we have this outdoor area that what's well, one of our dock bays we're not using that I have requested that we put a slide in to get down. So, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Circle bar time, except for with questions, it's a little weird, right? What's something that you're surprised that people don't ask very often? Was that this conference last year, People Plus People, and some other people are talking about it, but the, just the importance of having business partners or co-founders, it's something that people don't really talk about that often. And I've come on the other side. I've started or been a part of starting six companies. I don't know if I'd ever start a company ever again without co-founders with me. And I think one of the really important reasons for that is there's checks and balances. One is you push each other. It's really easy to procrastinate when it's just your own company. When you have somebody else invested in this with you, you need to live up that expectation. That's really important. Also, the journey is way funner with people. 
I find it really, really important. And I would recommend anybody find somebody to go along this journey with. And obviously, you want to get along with them. Communication's key and complementary skill sets, all those things. But it's something that if you're looking to start something, find somebody to do it with that is into it and you can push each other. Absolutely. That's great advice. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be sure to subscribe at gooder.com slash culture so you don't miss any episodes, updates. Join us next week. We're going to be talking about how we're navigating the COVID new world order at this point. Until then, be excellent to each other. Thank you so much for listening. Send us your questions, learn more, and find episode resources at gooder.com slash culture. If you enjoyed yourself today, we would be so grateful if you could please leave us your star rating and review. That minute and a half of your time, it really does help people find us. And don't forget to share us on your stories, tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your dog, or maybe your dog isn't into this kind of thing, and that's fine too. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at culturegooder and Steven at Steven Lease. That's Steven with a PH because those V people are not trustworthy. Culture Gooder is produced by our in-house Gooder team. The show is co-hosted and written by Sean Tinney and Stephen Leese. Maya Morales does PR and promotion. Shelby Farrell handles all things digital. Emily Barber manages social. Teresa Garcia is our supervising editor. And the editor of this episode can be found on the blog. That sweet tune you're hearing right now was created by Mike Eddy of Cucumber Fuzz, recording by Barrett Bowman. And this voice you're listening to is Carrie Blunt. Many thanks to the entire team at Gooder, really, without whom there obviously would be nothing to podcast about. At Gooder, we exist to give you the permission to be unabashedly yourself, unless you're an asshole. So don't be. Until next time.